Whoa, sweet man cave. Thanks. Serious upgrade. How'd you pay for all this? I got a home equity line of credit from Figure. I was approved in five minutes and had funding in five days. Wow, that fast and easy? Yep. The application is 100% online, plus no out-of-pocket costs. Just fast access to the cash you need. How do I get started? Go to figure.com and get that serious upgrade. Figure Lending LLC, DBA Figure, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. The Week 17 preview of the Bears Talk Underground is brought to you by MyBookie. Guys, bowl season is well underway, but it is winding down, so it, the time is now to get in on the action with my bookie. Don't be that guy with no rooting interest as your relatives and friends sit around watching the game. Not this year, when there were a record 41 bowl games to bet on, including the national championship on January 7th, and this weekend, the college football playoffs begin uh, on Saturday. So make sure you're ready for the daily action by signing up on my bookie today. They pay fast when you win, and they offer the craziest props. Where you bet is just as important as who you're betting on, and if you want to make money during bowl season, you got to go with MyBookie. Join now, and MyBookie will offer you a 50% deposit bonus to make sure you have a nice bankroll for bowl season. Use the promo code BEARS25 when you deposit to activate the offer. That's promo code BEARS25. College football playoff starts this weekend. Big week 17 in the NFL. Even our beloved Chicago Bears have something at stake, as do many other teams. The action is at MyBookie. That's where you got to go to get it. MyBookie. You play, you win, you get paid. This week on the Bears Talk Underground. With one last hurdle between the Bears and their first trip to the postseason since 2010, our beloved travel up north for their annual finale matchup with the Vikings. But for the first time in a long time, this game has high stakes as both teams have more on the line than just bragging rights in the division. Can the Bears finish the season sweep, or will Minnesota play their way into the wild card? Chris Gates from SB Nation's Daily Norseman joins us on the Week 17 preview episode of The Bears Talk Underground. You know, usually this episode was the bittersweet one. We're finally getting to the end of the season. It's been a merciful, you know, month of December. We're just trying to wrap it up. You know, it's it's sweet that we're finally just getting this over with. Bitter because you don't want the season to end because you love football and you love watching the Bears. Except this year is the exception to the rule. Unfortunately, the exception being the postseason where the beloved Chicago Bears are going to be headed after this game with the Vikings on Sunday. What's going on, everybody? Larry D. back for the Week 17 preview episode of the Bears Talk Underground. And um, this very well could be the wildcard round preview. Uh, you know, a week from now, we might uh, you might just be hearing the same show again uh, between myself and uh, and Chris Gates. We even allude to it at the end of our uh, conversation. Uh, that we had so um <laughs> you know we're either playing the vikings or the philly next week or, or so it goes if philly wins uh then then the vikings have to beat us in order to keep the eagles out um you know it, it doesn't really matter what happens with the uh with the rams and the the 49ers we either have the wake off or we're playing wild card round that's, that's all there is to it but matt Nagy is is hell bent on going into this game on sunday with every intention uh, of winning we're not sitting anyone that isn't healthy and uh you know we're going out there uh to win the football game uh, on sunday or so maggie excuse me 
I keep calling him Maggie, like I'm like I'm doing the the whole uh, Benefer or uh, <laughs> Brangelina thing with his name. Matt Nagy, Coach Nagy, Nagy, uh, has been saying it all week long that he's going out there with with every intention to win, uh, to to improve our division record for the season at five and one, and uh, you know just uh, finishing in the year out twelve and four with four straight victories. Uh, after that tough tough loss to the Giants that dropped us to eight and three, uh, we're we're coming back to uh, to get it done uh, against Minnesota, and uh, you know cement and put his stamp uh, on this division, and uh, you know prove that he's uh, he's the dominant figure in the NFC North uh, this year. So not just enough that he's already got the division one. He wants to go out and uh, complete the season sweep against the uh, the Vikings uh, on Sunday. So. Very cool to uh, to hear him say that. You know, he's like doing everything possible to win the game uh, on Sunday, including uh, possibly starting Kyle Long uh, on Sunday. I mean, he's been uh, he's been practicing. He's not on the injury report, so uh, you know it's it's an interesting situation that the Bears have uh, going on right now. Uh, Eddie Jackson, Aaron Lynch, and um, oh, who was it? DeAndre Houston Carson, that's who it is. He, he missed practice day because of an illness, and unfortunately tis the season, so not exactly a big surprise there. Uh, Akeem Hicks missed a day of practice last week with uh, with the flu or, or uh, some kind of a uh, cold or something because, like I said, tis the season. But uh, Allen Robinson hasn't practiced uh, with a rib injury. I think he, I think he did. The, I think the rib injury happened um, when he made that diving catch uh, against the 49ers that big 43 yard catch he had because he left the game after that and um thinking that he probably just played through it and the bears are being uh gentle with it and of course like i said eddie jackson with the ankle aaron wrench w- with the uh elbow did not practice and i don't think either are expected to play on sunday so but aside from that everybody who's healthy will play and like i said kyle long is not on the injury list so if he's if he's been activated from the injured list then uh, he's going to play on Sunday or at least he's going to suit up and and be ready to go he's excited to get after it and uh, to get playing uh, uh, again and um, you know Brian Witzman has been serviceable Uh, he's been bad at times but he's also been very good You, you don't hear his name much which is exactly what you want out of your offensive lineman you don't want to know like if they didn't put numbers on him or anything like that you really wouldn't care who they were so long as they weren't getting called for penalties or, you know, blowing blocks and stuff like that, getting our quarterback killed. So, um, you know, everybody knows that Kyle Long is is the better uh, offensive uh, lineman. And uh, I think the team is – I think I read a a quote where Trubisky was saying that uh, having Long back out there kind of rejuvenates the offense or or adds a little something to the offense. And Kyle Long's an emotional leader kind of guy, so uh, having him out there – Gives the offense a little bit more juice, and we'll see what happens uh, if he gets a chance to play uh, on Sunday. So I'm excited to uh, to see uh, how it's going to happen, you know. And uh, talk to Chris Gates quite a bit about that as far as what to expect from this game. I'll talk more about that after the interview when we kind of do my, my, my recap, my prediction uh, kind of thing. But very interesting to see what's going to happen uh, on Sunday. The NFL positioned themselves in such a way that – at the very least, in the very beginning, everybody has to play to win the game because the Bears 
and Vikings are being played at the same time as the, uh, the Rams and the 49ers at the same time as Philly and Washington. So nobody's going to be able to come into the game already knowing what needs to happen or what doesn't need to happen or anything like that. Everybody's going to have to go in there and play to win the game and maybe do some scoreboard watching to see how long do you play the guys you know, if the Rams jump out to a huge lead, do the Bears start sitting starters to get ready and protect them because we have to play wild card weekend and so on and so forth. So uh, Chris and I talk a bit about that. I'll talk a little bit more about it at the end of the show uh, after uh, the interview. So in other uh, news and notes, so Roquan Smith, I didn't see how the uh, voting went, uh, or at least I didn't see an announcement saying that he won the award, but he was up for rookie of the week after his nine-tackle, one-sack performance against the 49ers uh, this past Sunday. Uh, fellow nominees, I think one was Baker Mayfield for leading them over to a victory over the, uh, over the Bengals uh, over the weekend. And uh, I forget who the other one was. But uh, Roquan was uh, the only defensive player I saw on that list, like four or five guys, and Roquan was the only defensive uh, player nominated for Rookie of the Week uh, for Week 16. Um <laughs> The other thing is, um, you know, we've been seeing uh, power rankings each and every week this year. Uh, there was a lot of doubt about the Bears keeping them in the, you know, early on when they were three and one, four and, you know, three and one. And, uh, you know, especially after we lost back to back games to Miami and uh, and New England, there was some the shine was off the apple, uh, if you will. So we were, you know, 10 or 11. We dropped down to 15 and and things like that and then we've been slow to 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 climb those power rankings uh, back up but um now that we're sitting at 11 and 4 a lot of people can consider us very legitimate threats uh in the NFC uh this year uh that uh I've seen the bears as high as 2 in more than one uh power ranking uh this 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 week uh behind of course the saints who is everybody I think unanimous number one at this point the the Chiefs have lost two in a row the Bears have beaten the Rams I've actually only seen like one one poll or one power ranking where the Rams are ranked ahead uh, of the Bears and I would guess that simply because they're 12 and three and we're 11 and four I don't see any other reason because the Bears have already proven that we're good enough to beat uh, the Rams um I don't know but uh, New Orleans is the consensus number one the Bears are number two on a lot uh, of lists I've seen at least three or four where the Bears are number two uh, I think the lowest that I've seen the Bears on a power ranking list would be like four uh, somewhere and uh, I think that one still has them behind the Chiefs uh, at this point but uh, you know we're, we're finally getting some love as we head into the postseason where uh, you know the talk lately is is what a threat and, and what a danger the Bears and their defense can be in the postseason, everyone likes to use the phrase that defense travels, defense travels. I think we even see, we even hear Chris Gates say it at some point uh, during the uh, the interview that, um, you know, granted, the Bears have not been good uh, on the road. We just proved that again by struggling with the four and ten uh, 49ers this past Sunday. But, um, you know, but our defense did travel. We only gave up nine points uh, in that in that ball game against the uh, 49ers, keeping them out of the end zone for the second year in a row. And, um, you know, it's, uh, I, it's, it's like the only team that I'm actually really worried about on the road is the New Orleans Saints because they've just been lights out. I mean, they they lost their first home game of the year uh, against the uh, against the Buccaneers. Uh, 
They probably should have lost week two against the uh, the Browns if their Brown if the Browns had a decent kicker. They probably should have won that game. But uh, aside from that, they've been pretty well dominant at home. They beat the Rams uh, at home uh, this year, and uh, you know just seem to be able to dig out victories like the one they dug out against the Steelers uh, this past Sunday. The the that's the only place I'm really worried about playing. I think if we have to go to L.A. for the divisional round and play the Rams, I'm not really worried. You know, I'm not really worried. Uh, like we've been there, done that uh, with the Rams, and uh, I don't think that they can beat us. And I think that the the win in Chicago and the way that we won, it's not like we got lucky. There was a fluke play. We simply beat the hell out of the Rams uh, in that game. We rattled Gerald Go- Jared Goff and and everything like that. And I I'm confident if we have to go on the road to uh, to L.A. for the divisional round. I, I, I fully believe that the Bears will be in the NFC Championship game if we have to play the Rams round two. But, uh, you know, it, it's uh, we'll see how it goes. We will see how it uh, goes. Maybe it'll work out and the Rams will be coming to us for round two. Who knows? <laughs> Stranger things have happened. This has been a wacky year uh, for the uh, for the NFL. So but, uh, you know, it has been nice seeing the Bears get some love and uh you know showing us uh the proper respect here at the end of the season that uh, even though we you know our records are behind a couple of teams in the NFC we're being regarded as the biggest threat in the NFC uh right now so that has uh, definitely been fun uh to see and uh speaking of fun things to see obviously we just celebrated christmas on tuesday merry christmas to you all once again and uh there was a video of Khalil Mack and one of his Christmas presents, uh, apparently somebody left a uh, Khalil Mack Bulls uniform under the tree uh, for uh, for Khalil Mack, a, a red home uniform uh, for the uh, for the Bulls. And, uh, you know, number 52 said Mack on the back of it. It was a full blown, you know, like a legit, uh, uh, you know, Bulls uh, uniform. And there he is running around the house making moves and taking shots uh, and everything. And there was a tweet. Uh, I saw for the for like the Bulls, like go ahead and sign them up, and I'm like, yeah, no, absolutely not. Uh, don't go anywhere near uh, the Bulls. You keep John Paxson and and Gar Parson or whatever the hell that guy's name is. The guys that are ruining the Bulls right now, keep them away from uh, Khalil Mack. It's not it's not funny. Stay away from him. Uh, he's ours. <laughs> you stay away from Khalil Mack. You've ruined everything else in the Bulls. Uh, right now, you stay away from him and 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 let Khalil, let Khalil continue to uh, to to uplift the Chicago Bears and and our chances at uh, a postseason run. So uh, no, you know he looks good in the uniform. He looks the part, taking shots and whatnot. Stay away from my guy. Stay away from Khalil Mack. So anyway, I think that's all I have for uh, for news and notes uh, right now. Like I said, fun to see the Bears getting some love in the power rankings as high as number two in, in most of the ones that I've seen uh, this week. And uh, the injury report, um, Eddie Jackson, Aaron Lynch, looks like they're not going to play on Sunday. Uh, DeAndre Houston Carson with the illness, probably going to play if he gets a Z-pack like uh, Matt Nagy keeps talking about. Get him a Z-pack, he'll be fine uh, kind of thing. And uh, we'll see what happens with uh, with Allen Robinson. Maybe they let him sit this week to nurse those ribs and, and come back full strength uh, during the playoffs. So. Anyway, that's going to do it for the news and notes section. When we go ahead and bring on our guest, Chris Gates from SB Nation's Daily Norseman to help us preview this uh, this high stakes week 17 matchup between the Bears and the Vikings. 
The regular season finale for our beloved has him going back out onto the road in a place uh, that has never really been kind to the Bears, but the NFL doesn't seem to care because it's the third year in a row, the fourth time in five years that the Bears are in Minnesota to play the Vikings to close out the season. And the technology is cooperating, so this time I actually do have Chris Gates from the Daily Norseman on SB Nation here to help us uh, preview this all-important matchup between our two teams. Chris, uh, basically, as far as my listeners is concerned, this is our first conversation in, uh, well, we talked over the summer, but as far as the 2018 season is concerned, this is our first conversation. It sure is, because, yeah, we uh, we tried it once before, and it went uh, went kind of poorly. So kind of. What a, as long as everything holds up here now, it, uh, everything should be good, I think. Yeah, kind of. That's that's generous of you, Chris, kind of. <laughs> um, so anyway, because we didn't get a chance to talk, I mean, it would have been, what, game 10 for you guys when we played? Uh, game 9 or 10 when we played back in week 11. Um, so, I mean, we, we, we had a bunch of games to talk about then. I mean, basically, with this being week 17, this is going to be kind of like a year in review show for the for the Vikings and, and, and how we got up to this point. And um, I kind of mentioned to you before we got started here uh, a moment ago that, you know, I was kind of looking at the stats uh, for the team, uh, especially those on, on the offensive side. Kirk Cousins, 4,100 yards, almost 4,200 yards, uh, 100 quarterback rating, 29 touchdowns, only 10 interceptions. Dalvin Cook and Latavius Murray, uh, almost identical, almost 600 yards rushing apiece. You know, uh, Adam Thielen, Stephon Diggs. I mean, Thielen over 1,300 yards. Diggs right behind him with just under 1,000. Kyle Rudolph has got 60 catches for 615 yards. Why is this team 8-6-1? and one? They, They've had some weird circumstances in different games. I mean, there was the game at Lambeau where we probably should have lost in overtime or should have lost in regulation, quite right. frankly, thanks to the, the penalty on Clay Matthews and Mason Crosby missing a last-second field goal. And then we probably should have won in overtime after we watched our then-rookie kicker yak all over himself twice right. uh, during the overtime and missed two potential game winners. Uh, the Buffalo game, I, I still have no explanation for the game against the Bills. Nobody knows what the hell happened that day, mm-hmm. but uh, whatever it was, it was bad. Uh yeah, the week after that, tried to get into a shootout with the Rams. That generally goes poorly when you're trying to match them for points. And, you know, later on in the season, I think a lot of it uh, falls at the feet of the then offensive coordinator, uh, John Filippo. Because, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, there was a couple of games stretched there. And it started with the, uh, the game in Chicago on Monday night where this offense, I mean, you know, you listen to guys like Bobby Wagner from Seattle after the Vikings played the Seahawks, and he was like, yeah, we knew exactly what they were going to run every time. And, you know, that's generally not a recipe for success. And, you know, we saw that in a, quite a few games in the second half of the season and ultimately led to him getting fired. But, you know, over the last few weeks, they've kind of gotten it together, and the defense has been playing pretty well since about the uh, midpoint of the season. And, so, yeah, there's just been some weird circumstances in a couple of different games, and, yeah, that's that's where we are where we are right now. Yeah, because it kind of looked like, I mean, you, you you were at the Rams, you were home for the for the Saints, you lost both of those games, and then, like you said, the inexplicable loss to the to the Bills, where it's like basically you, you guys built yourselves a hole you couldn't dig your way out of with the, the turnovers uh, early on. Uh, in that game but then you won three straight you beat philadelphia in philly which at the time 
uh, was an accomplishment. Um, I mean, well, Philly might make the playoffs, so I mean that one. That win's starting to look better the further you get away from it. Then you beat Arizona, you beat the Jets, then the loss on Sunday night to the Saints, and then you finish off before the bye with a big win over Detroit. Then you come to Chicago on on Sunday night football, and basically, you know, whether you want to put it on on Filippo or if you just want to praise my Bear defense that's just been awesome uh, this year. I mean, you know, the 25 to 20 was the final score, but it wasn't as close as the final score would tell. No, it wasn't. I mean, and, and the Vikings missed some opportunities early in the game. I mean, they got uh, they had the uh, the pass where Stephon Diggs was open by about five yards, right. and Cousins just missed him. And a couple of plays later, we had the fumble by Dalvin Cook, and everything just kind of went backwards from there. I mean, even with you know Mitch Trubisky throwing, I can't remember if it was two or three picks that game because he was he was giving the ball away and. You know, the, the Vikings just couldn't do anything with it because, yeah, the Bears' defense that night was just pretty uh, pretty incredible. Yeah, uh, Mitch threw two picks that day. Yeah. Okay. yeah I couldn't remember two. two or three. I didn't think he had a third. but yeah, no, he, no, he waited two more weeks when we played the uh, Rams to throw three uh, interceptions. <laughs> also did not matter in that game, yeah, ironically enough. But, uh, you know, go figure. But... You know, but but then after the the loss to to the Bears, you beat Green Bay, and then two tough road games at New England, at Seattle, and those were the other two losses that came. Then you let go of Filippo, and then all of a sudden the offense wakes up and the defense leans on the opponents. Forty-one seventeen over Miami, twenty-seven to nine over Detroit, and then here we are, Week Seventeen. You guys are eight six and one. You win and you're in. Um, and, you know, you have a chance to make it to the playoffs, which will, if you beat us, will basically buy you the right to come to Soldier Field a week later uh, to see if you can right the wrong that happened on Sunday night. Yeah, Soldier Field in January. Great. Can't wait. Looking, <laughs> looking forward to it. It's going to be awesome. But, yeah, I mean, I, I think those last two games before the uh, the Filippo firing kind of summed up, you know, what was wrong uh, with the offense, with him still running it, because... I mean, against the against New England, uh, you look at Dalvin Cook's numbers, and in the first half, he carried the ball five times. He was averaging like 12 yards a carry, and the the Patriots didn't have an answer for him. And then you get into the second half, he carries the ball four times. I mean, but yeah, you're you're doing really awesome. So let's not give you the football anymore. I mean, that doesn't make any sense. And yeah. you know, I I saw a stat somewhere that. Uh, yeah, I think it was from week seven until the time Filippo got fired. Uh, Kirk Cousins was either the best or one of the best uh, play-action quarterbacks in the NFL. But uh, from week seven until the time Filippo got fired, uh, no team ran less play-action than the Vikings did, which, again, doesn't make sense. I mean, you're not playing to anyone's strengths if you do that, and that's been one of the differences we've seen over the last couple of weeks. I mean, granted, uh, the defenses the Vikings have seen these past couple of weeks are not great, but you know the uh, the off the offense is actually playing uh, to the strengths of their players rather than trying to make the uh, trying to kind of jam the uh, square peg into the round hole as it goes. So you guys, uh, I mean, and I uh, forgive the comparison, but I mean it, it's one that that kind of stands out. It's kind of like you guys are the NFC version of the uh, of the Browns where Hugh Jackson was you know Hugh Jackson Todd Haley were the were guys running the offense uh, for the Browns they get rid of them 
They, you know, they Kitchens, I think, is the guy's name. He starts yep. calling the plays. All of a sudden, the Browns are like five and one, six and one since that guy started calling the plays. You guys get rid of Filippo, and all of a sudden, you put forty up on Miami, twenty-seven a week later on the on the Vikings, and it's like this this offense that had been waiting to explode all season finally gets a chance to you know to stretch out its legs a little bit. And I mean, I wonder if it isn't kind of a case where. You know, DiFilippo, he came into the he, – well, after the uh, the Eagles won the Super Bowl last year, he, he had gotten interviews for head coaching positions if, after, you know, just being the quarterback coach for the Eagles. I think uh, – He had I one in Chicago. My, yeah, I think the Bears, yeah, brought him in to interview them for – interview him for their head coaching position. And, you know, he – the Vikings waited and waited and brought him in to be their offensive coordinator. And, you know, you, you'd like to think that – you know, coaches don't have a mindset like this, but I was, I'm kind of wondering if Filippo wasn't maybe concentrating so much on his next job uh, that he wasn't really doing a very good job at his current one because, uh, you know, he was at the top of some of the, uh, the short list for head coaching candidates for next year. And apparently uh, after, you know, getting fired from Minnesota, his name's not up there anymore. I mean, he might get some more, uh, offensive coordinator looks or he might have to go back to being a quarterbacks coach again but uh yeah I, I don't know if he was maybe looking forward to you know getting ready getting his resume uh ready to go for next off season. but yeah the uh, the hype uh he fell way way short of the hype that we saw for him uh, sure. going into the off season. well i mean i've i've you know obviously been following the vikings uh all year because they're really the only threat the bears have had in the division, um, you know, the, the, the Packers, they have not had a good year. The, the Lions, uh, you know, regressed this season. I mean, remember the conversations we had over the summer about how tough a division we thought we had where mm-hmm. we thought fourth place could finish 8-8 eight and eight this year, kind of looking at the improvements each team made, the schedule that we had in front of us that, you know, the NFC North was going to be clawing until the very end, and instead it's the Bears who emerge as the front runner, and, you know, the Vikings – the only other viable uh, playoff team as opposed to like how many teams can we get out of the North this year and, and so on and uh, so forth. And, you know, I, I just keep hearing, I mean, like I said, when I, when I was looking at the stats, Kirk Cousins, 4,200 yards, 29 touchdowns, only 10 interceptions, a 100 quarterback rating. And yet I keep hearing about how he's been disappointing uh, this year. I mean, what is that, is that, is that on D Filippo or, I mean, has Kirk Cousins, you know, not been there in the, in the big moments, I mean, where would that kind of criticism be coming from? I mean, I I have very few complaints about Cousins, to be honest. And I I do think a lot of it falls on DiFilippo. Like I said, not really playing uh, to the strengths that Cousins has. Um, I mean, obviously, Cousins shoulders some blame for this as well because he's made a few really head scratching throws uh, over the course of this season, and you know. I, Cousins kind of is what he is. I mean, he's gonna have a he's gonna have more good plays, I think, than terrible plays. But the the terrible plays he makes are really, really terrible, and usually result in points for the other team. And uh, yeah, I, I think the big part of it is uh, is on DiFilippo, and we've seen that over the past few weeks after the uh, coordinator change, and. You know, given some of the other options the Vikings had during this offseason, I don't know what anybody else would have done differently. I mean, Case Keenum hasn't, you know, been the quarterback he was with Minnesota last year. I mean, 
Sam Bradford's not even in the National Football League right. anymore right now. Uh, you know, Teddy Bridgewater is a backup in New Orleans, and you know he's going to probably move on next year and sign somewhere else. And you know, Cousins was the best option at the time, and I don't think that anything that's happened since then. I mean, given that the Vikings weren't really in a position to draft a top-level quarterback last April, um, yeah, I don't think anything that's happened since then has uh, has changed that for me. So, tell me about the about the running game because I know that there was a lot of uh, hoopla about Dalvin Cook being healthy uh, this year. I mean, was was it by design that he and Latavius Murray seem to be splitting carries or? Is it, you know, the sticking with the hot guy kind of thing? Or, you know, was, was Filippo just really trying to, to mix things up? Unfortunately, Cook missed a bunch of games. I mean, ah, he, got okay. in the, uh, he got hurt in the Week 2 game in Green Bay, and uh, he missed Week 3. Uh, he came back for Week 4 and only played a half, and then he missed like four or five games in a row, and he was finally healthy. Uh, yeah, he, he was finally healthy the week of the Detroit game before the bye week and finally got some carries there and you know he's been healthy since then and he's been a huge difference maker but yeah he's missed a bunch of games and you know Murray's a capable running back obviously we've seen that over the past couple seasons but yeah Dalvin Cook just brings a completely different dimension to this offense I think when everything's clicking the way it needs to. And uh, I see the defense is number one in the league, 50 sacks this year. So kind of picking up right where they uh, right where they left off. And um, you know, how many Pro Bowls did you get any in out of the defense this year, or did the Bears kind of uh, take up all the spots this season? We uh, they got three Pro Bowlers on the okay. defense side. They got uh, Daniel Hunter in okay. there, obviously because he's just been terrorizing everyone this off season or this season. I mean. Uh, Harrison Smith made it again mm-hmm. uh, because, you know, he should. Right. And uh, the big surprise for the Vikings, I think, was uh, Anthony Barr making it mm-hmm. uh, for the fourth year in a row, which yeah, that, that surprised a lot of Vikings fans. I mean, early in the season, he had some uh, pretty rough sledding, and uh, he missed a few games with a hamstring injury. <coughs> uh, he's really managed to come on quite a, quite a lot, uh, you know, over the past few weeks, but... You know, I would think these last few games were done after the uh, the Pro Bowl voting had concluded. So, yeah, Anthony Barr getting in was uh, was kind of a head-scratcher, at least for me anyway. But, uh, yeah, we uh, we got three on the defensive side, and uh, Adam Thielen made it on the uh, the offensive side. So the Vikings wound up with a total of four. Sure, sure, great. Um, with the uh, – on, on, the, on the defensive uh, side – you know, I mean, have they been generating turnovers the way they were last year? I mean, where is it that the, uh, you know, when you get uh, six losses, you know, you know, 38 points to the Rams and, um, you know, the, the, the New Orleans put 30 points up on you. The Bears got 20. Well, we got a defensive touchdown in there, so I take that back. But, um, you know, the, the defense has been obviously has been playing well, but not as well as I mean, last year's success was going to be hard to duplicate. But. Where have they been coming up short as far as matching what they did a year ago? Well, I mean, a lot of it, I think, uh, you know, was early on in the season. I mean, like I mentioned earlier, they went out to the to the Rams on a Thursday night after a short week, and, you know, they gave up 38 points. And, you know, that was one of the games that Barr uh, really had a rough time because uh, Sean McVay uh, wound up getting uh, Barr matched up on Cooper Cup uh, pretty consistently. And, 
you know, Barr's a great athlete or anything, but he shouldn't be covering wide receivers 40 and 50 yards downfield. And sure. those, are the, those are the sorts of situations he found himself in. Um, I mean, you look at the Bills' loss. I mean, most of those points came from uh, the Bills being set up on short fields because of turnovers, so I really can't put that on the defense too much. Sure. Um, I mean, I, I don't think the turnovers have been coming at, uh, at quite the rate uh, that they have been uh, over the past couple of years, and particularly on the fumble side of things, I'm not sure uh, how many fumble recoveries the Vikings' defense has this year, but it seems like uh, every time the – the offense that the Vikings are playing against fumbles the ball. Uh, the offense manages to get back on top of it. I mean, just just the Bills game alone, I think the Bills had three or four fumbles and managed to recover all of them and that sort of thing. So, I mean, turnovers in the NFL, particularly uh, on the fumble end of things, are more or just as much luck as a skill, and they just haven't been getting those uh, those sorts of bounces this year. I don't think. Yeah, I mean, when when uh, when I was talking to uh, to a friend of mine, uh, he's not a Bear fan, kind of wondering, you know, what's the big difference between this year and last year? And I mean, aside from the obvious reasons, you know, Nagy and we also signed a bunch of offensive players, whereas last year Jordan Howard, Tariq Cohen, that was our offense, and everybody saw us coming a mile away. But there's three things that the Bears have done this year that they had an inability to do under John Fox. One, we have been uncharacteristically healthy this year um when we played the rams on sunday night football combined between the two teams there was one person on the injury list one and it was Allen robinson who sat out practice on wednesday with a hip thing and was practicing on thursday so i mean there were literally zero unhealthy players on each team uh going into that two the bears have been generating takeaways one after another we lead the league uh in turnovers uh in takeaways i should say uh, this year and then three the you know we have stopped shooting ourselves in the foot or cut down drastically on it you know i mean when i think back to the monday night game last year uh in soldier field mitch trubisky's debut there were at least well two plays off the top of my head that i can think of that would have made a difference in that game jordan howard ran for a touchdown that was called back because of a holding penalty and a uh like an offensive pass interference penalty or something like that uh you know killed us or took us out of field goal range like there was a pass on on that play that would have got us into field goal range that's 10 points taken off the board that would have made a difference in that game that was the john fox era in a nutshell we shot ourselves in the foot constantly we couldn't generate any turnovers. i mean we have more interceptions this year than the entire john fox era combined uh right now we have 26 or 27 going into this game we had eight each the three years that john fox was the was the head coach i mean it you know luck does play a big factor in into it and and also whatever the bears are doing to facilitate that is is uh is working yeah i mean i'm, I'm just looking it up now according to uh according to espn i'm looking at the turnover numbers uh the vikings have actually recovered eight fumbles this year I, i'm surprised it's that high uh to be honest and uh, they've got 12 interceptions and uh yeah, on the defensive or on the offensive side, they've thrown ten interceptions and they've lost ten fumbles, so they are a uh, an even zero <clears throat> in the uh, the plus minus as far as that. Um, I know their plus minus number a year ago. Oh, hey, I can pull that up on ESPN here too. Let me have a look. Um, uh, their plus minus numbers last year were 
Yeah, they were plus five last year. They only turned the ball over 14 times uh, all season. And they did actually have fewer fumble recoveries last year. They only they only recovered five fumbles in uh, 2017. Hmm. Like I said, I'm surprised their number of fumble recoveries this year is that high. It just doesn't seem like they've... I mean, I'm not sure how many they've forced as opposed to how many they've recovered. But, yeah, just I'm surprised the, the numbers are that high, quite frankly. How's the offensive line been for you uh, this year? I mean, even with the, the year that Case Keenum had last year, protecting him was an issue uh, at times. And, uh, you know, I see that Kirk Cousins has been sacked 36 times this year. Not a gigantic number, but not necessarily one you want to see on your quarterback. I mean, you're averaging, what, two, two and a half sacks a game uh, when you're at that point at, in, in this time of the uh, year. So how has the O-line been? I mean, the offensive line is better. It's still not great. It's still, I mean, it should have been the primary focus of, you know, the draft and free agency last offseason. Uh, it definitely needs to be the focus of the draft and free agency this offseason. Uh, we have gotten a, a pleasant surprise in the, uh, the play of Brian O'Neill. Uh, who the Vikings drafted in the second round in this past draft. And uh, everyone thought he was going to be a project that was going to take a year or two uh, to develop because, you know, he, he was a tight end when he first got to uh, to college at Pittsburgh. And, you know, he's, he's ridiculously athletic if you look at his uh, numbers from the combine and whatnot. But, you know, people think he didn't have NFL-level strength. And, I mean, he, he still might not at this point. But uh, according to... I believe it was pro football focus. Uh, he's played over uh, 400 snaps this year and has yet to allow a sack. Uh, he took over as the starter at right tackle midway through the season and just hasn't let go of the job. And, you know, he could be uh, the left tackle of the future for this team. But, yeah, his, uh, his play has been a nice surprise. Uh, Pat Elfline, I think, is finally starting to, uh, to round into shape after uh, missing the first few games of the season. Uh, he missed those games because he had uh, ankle surgery because he broke his ankle in the NFC Championship game last year and also had a, a shoulder issue he was dealing with. So he didn't play the first, uh, I can't remember it was the first three or four games he missed, but uh, he's finally starting to get it. But uh, outside of those two guys, I don't think there's an offensive lineman on the Vikings roster that should just assume that they have a job. Uh, in Minnesota next season. I mean, I'm sure Riley Reef probably will because his uh, contract number and his dead money would make it really prohibitive to cut him. Sure. And, I mean, he's not been great, but, I mean, he's serviceable at least. But, yeah, everyone else on the offensive line, there there shouldn't be any guarantees outside of those three guys. So we're coming into the game uh, on Sunday, and, and as I said in the in the open, Historically, Minnesota, whether it be the Metrodome or U.S. Bank Stadium, has not been a friendly place for the Bears. We don't have a win in the new stadium yet, and the ones in the Metrodome were very few uh, and far between. I think uh, 20, 2011, 2010, something like that might be the last time that we won uh, in Minnesota. So, I mean, it's been a while since we got a victory uh, up there. How has the home field advantage been for the Vikings this year? It's been really solid, and yeah, I think it was uh, I think it was 2011, the the last time you guys beat us in Minnesota because that was uh, Jared Allen trying to break the uh, the sack record, oh. and uh, yeah, the Bears uh, eventually like literally triple teaming him from about the midpoint of the third quarter onwards to try to keep him from getting there. But uh, but yeah, the uh, the home field advantage at U.S. Bank Stadium I think has been pretty uh, outstanding. 
I mean, I, I don't think the Vikings have very many losses there, although they, they didn't beat the Lions there until this season. The, the Lions were 2-0 and at U.S. Bank Stadium uh, before the uh, the Week 9 game this year. But, uh, yeah, the uh, the home field advantage has been pretty solid. I mean, I don't, I've don't i never actually been to the new stadium, unfortunately, mm-hmm. which is something I need to uh, correct here in the very near future. But, I mean, I've heard people say that it gets louder uh, than the Metrodome got, which would really be quite an accomplishment if it's true. So yeah. I, I think the home field advantage has worked out pretty well for the uh, for the new digs here so far. Yeah, I mean, we we have a very interesting game uh, coming up for us, and and the and the NFL um, by flexing the game from its original noon start to the three twenty five uh, Central Time start has really kind of set itself up so that nobody's tanking the game because the Bears are going to be watching the Rams, who are and you guys are going to be watching the Eagles, and you know so on and so forth. If the Eagles lose to the viking if the eagles lose then you guys are automatically in because they can't do any you know they won't be able to catch you uh if the if the rams get far out ahead of san francisco how far into the game do we play our starters and so on and so forth and i mean it's it's just a really interesting matchup where the stakes are high and yet we've also got a lot to protect at the same time yeah and i think that's the way the nfl is going to kind of do things going forward for week 17 i mean you know, all the games that really don't have any playoff implications and really don't mean anything are in that early Sunday window. And then we put all the games that do have playoff implications or implications for seedings or whatever meaning, uh, you know, in that 325 central time window. And then if there's one game above all the others that, you know, has like the one they chose with the Colts and the, the Titans, Mm-hmm. And it's literally winner gets in, loser goes home. Right. And, uh, it doesn't get any bigger than that. So they push that one to Sunday night. I mean, they didn't have a Sunday night game last year, but I think someone said that had something to do with the uh, New Year's Eve programming on NBC or something like that, not wanting to, to get in the way of that sort of thing. But, yeah, I, I think that's going to kind of be the way that uh, Week 17 works in the NFL going forward. It can put all the uh, – the games in that 325 window in case there are games on the west coast like the rams niners game that actually mean anything mm-hmm. i mean and it's it's just going to be a super interesting game because the first two quarters are probably going to be where the game is determined if if the bears are out in front or if you guys get out into a big lead or or whatever i mean it's pretty much going to be across the board if if the the Rams and Niners are tight at halftime or if the Rams are up 28 nothing, or, or, or something like that, and that will determine how the rest of the game for the Bears and the Vikings gets played. And, and Washington and Philadelphia are also playing at 3 o'clock, uh, same, as, same as us and things like that. So, I mean, um, you know, I, I, as we mentioned before, they, they put the, the win-in-your-in uh, game on Sunday night between the Colts and the Titans, which makes – all the sense in the world because I think the other best candidate would be the Bears and the Vikings, but if the Rams have already beaten the the 49ers, then what do the Bears have to play for instead yeah. of, you know, a Mitch Trubisky, Kirk Cousins battle? It's like, hey, here's Chase Daniel and whoever our backup running back is and, you know, those guys have you seen on special teams that bear defense is going to be <laughs> on the sidelines wearing T-shirts and shorts and stuff like that and watching the game and the game that we yep. thought we were going to get not even close. Yeah, and you know, the, the NFL does no drama and they've they've set up 
quite possibly the uh, the greatest amount of drama they can, and mm-hmm. you know that's that's why they're the best sports league in America, and they get the ratings and they make the money. So can't uh, can't fault them for what they're doing. Yeah. So I mean, the it's the beginning of that game is going to be monumentally important. I mean, the first quarter might be where it's decided. You're going to have to come out like gangbusters to you know for the the Vikings are going to want to strike early, and 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 you know the Bears are going to want to do the same, so on. And so forth, because I think like the intensity might wane as the game gets further along, depending on how the games around us uh, are going, which is why I'm very interested to see how everything is going to unfold. I mean, for me, it's like we're playing for a bye week. Otherwise, the Bears are in. So, I mean, we won the division. We're at the ver- the worst that we're going to do is the three seed. So we're playing on wild card weekend. You know, if if the 49ers want to be as much of a pain in the ass uh, for the Rams as they were for us on Sunday, that would be helpful. We get a be- we get a week off. We get another we you know, we get a home game and so on uh, and so forth. But I really think that first quarter is the one you're going to watch because I think that's where people are going to come out guns blazing uh, to try to you know to try to get the game over with quickly or to to put their stamp on it to, as to you know trying to put together a lead that can't be uh, can't be matched. And by that by that token as well, I mean you have to wonder, you know, because if if the Vikings do make the playoffs, the most likely scenario, as we've already mentioned, is Bears Vikings again Correct. Uh, next week at Soldier Field. So, I mean, even if if you're the Bears and even if you want to win, I mean, how many tricks do you pull out? How many different things do you do, exactly. or do you go just you just go preseason vanilla, whatever? Because you know. If you've thrown out a bunch of stuff nobody's seen before in the first half and then the Vikings wind up winning and you play the next week, well, now the Vikings have all that stuff on tape that you could have used uh, in the playoff game as sort of an element of surprise. And, you know, it, it's yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how everything plays out because, yeah, what, once we uh, do a little scoreboard watching and see how some of these other games are going, I mean, I, I don't know... If, if the Redskins are even going to put up a fight against the Eagles. So I'm, yeah. I'm treating this as, you know, if the Vikings don't win, they're screwed. And, you know, if, if it happens, it's now it's hard to say that they don't deserve it. But uh, but, yeah, they, they kind of would. Yeah, because this the the I mean, I was listening to uh, uh, Sports Talk earlier uh, today and, and was talking about something that I, I feel is is 100 percent true is like I mean, the playoffs this year i mean to, to jump ahead just a little bit and let's just say for a, for an instance we both get in i mean obviously the bears are in but let's just say the you know whether the bears win or lose or you guys win or lose let's say the philadelphia eagles lose that pushes you in no matter what let's just play with that scenario we're both in mm-hmm. and this has to be one of the more wide open playoffs on both sides of the of the league that i can remember in a long time you know, I mean, the Saints, uh, you know, record-wise are the best team in the league, but they got beaten by the Cowboys, who are also in the playoffs. The Bears uh, made a mockery of the Rams on Sunday Night Football and, and beat them. We, you know, the, we, we beat the, uh, the Seahawks, but it was a tough game. Same thing with, with Minnesota on Sunday Night Football uh, before. There's kind of been this carousel of the teams that are going to be in it that they've been that they're all beating each other. Same thing on the AFC side with San Diego, 
Kansas City. New England doesn't look as sharp as they do. They're, they're not blazing their way into the, into, through December like they usually are. They may not even get a bye week this year. The Texans had eight, nine wins in a row at one point and are going to be in there. Uh, whether it's the Colts or the Titans, you don't want to see either one of those teams in the playoffs. It, it really could be a complete, like, I have no idea who's going to make the Super Bowl this year. Whereas in most years, it's like, yeah, it's probably going to be this team and that team, and if it doesn't, then that will be a surprise. This year, the betting lines could be all over the board on who's going to be playing uh, in, in, in Atlanta this year. Yeah, I mean, in the NFC, I mean, New Orleans is probably your prohibitive favorite just because, you know, they are the number one seed and they're a, they're a completely different team inside the Superdome than they are when they go on the road. Right. But, you know, like you said, I mean, the, the Pittsburgh, uh, the, the Steelers gave them a, a, a solid game. Uh, in New Orleans, uh, I mean, they lost to Tampa Bay in New Orleans. So, right. I mean, yeah, there there just really aren't, you know, I mean, we've seen the the Rams stumble quite a few times. I mean, the the Bears have had their issues. Sure, at times gone from Soldier Field, uh, Dallas. I don't know if anybody knows what to expect from Dallas, quite frankly. And uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's just going to be. You know, like you said, there's no one team that you can look at and say, yeah, this team is definitely going to the Super Bowl on, on either side. Yeah, and I think that's what makes it uh, so exciting is that, you know, unfortunately my Bears haven't made the playoffs much in, in, in recent years, but even in the years where they have made it, no one's really been talking about the Bears as a legitimate threat. Well, this year they can't be excluded from the conversation as they normally would be, even as, uh, you know, in 2010 when they made it, uh, I was like, yeah, the Bears, but, you know, are they better than Atlanta, who was the one seed that year? The Packers always gave them trouble. If they play, can they beat Aaron Rodgers, blah, blah, blah. No one really took the Bears seriously about getting there. And this year, that's completely different. If the Vikings get in, especially at, by beating the Bears, then they've got some momentum, even though they have to come uh, to Soldier Field. It's a wide-open race no matter what this year, and I think that's why I'm really looking forward to, to the postseason and, and how it's going to unfold you know, obviously for the Bears, but even more specifically on the AFC side, because it, I would really love to see somebody other than New England make it to the Super Bowl this year. It, it would be nice, yeah. But I mean, you know, if if they do manage to get their bye week again, I mean, nobody's going to want to go to Foxborough. And I mean, the the Chiefs went up to Foxborough, and New England beat them, and right. you know, then New England loses to uh, to Pittsburgh, who might not even make it, and. Yeah, it's just—it's been a crazy year. I mean, this is the sort of thing that the uh, the NFL strives for with the uh, the parody and you know not having any real dynasties to speak of. I mean, the Patriots are sort of a dynasty, I guess, but you know, even they are, you know, not. I mean, it seems like they're in it every year, but you know, yeah. they're not actually in it every year. But uh, yeah, this this is the sort of thing that the uh, the NFL wants, and they're getting it this year. Yeah, I mean, the, the Patriots just seem a bit more vulnerable this year than in past seasons, and I think that's what makes the, the race in the AFC so interesting uh, this year. So let's bring it back to, to our game. Like I said, I'm honestly expecting all the fireworks to be early on so that, you know, the Vikings can try to put something together to, to get a lead and, you know, we'll all be scoreboard watching and everything. But let's pretend this is going to be a regular 60-minute game that's going to matter all the way throughout how do the Vikings beat the Bears on Sunday? Um, I, I think that uh, the key, uh, and, you know, Bears fans aren't going to want to hear me say it, but it's probably true that they 
they have to do kind of the same thing they did in the first game and make Mitchell Trubisky uh, go out there and beat them. They can't let Jordan Howard hammer them. They can't let Tariq Cohen run all over the place. Uh, They need to get their focus on stopping the run and make uh, Trubisky carry the load uh, for that Chicago offense because he... I didn't see a lot of the Niners game. I did see a couple of uh, iffy throws from him. Uh, the one uh, that kind of went backwards to uh, Tariq Cohen that wound up in a, as a fumble and oh, that sort God. of thing. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, we know that Jordan Howard and Tariq Cohen are great in the, uh, the running game, but if you put the Bears' offense behind the chains, uh, particularly if Allen Robinson's health is a little on the iffy side, I haven't seen any updates on him yet, but... Uh, yeah, the Vikings need to make Trubisky beat them. And like we said, he, he threw two interceptions in the first game. Uh, the Vikings really didn't take advantage of those. But, yeah, if if the Vikings turn this into a game where Miss Trubisky uh, has to beat that defense, particularly the way the defense has played the last few weeks, I, I think Minnesota can come out of this one with a victory. All right, and I think that's uh, that's accurate. I mean, the, the I was just um, when I was over at my dad's for the holidays uh, this weekend, looking at the Bears and this uh, this season and, and Trubisky and and how he's played. It's like, no, he hasn't been. He's been great at times. He hasn't been. He's been awful at times. But the one positive thing you can say about him this year is that he hasn't lost us any games. And the four games that we have lost. Uh, the Green Bay game week one, that wasn't Trubisky's fault. Uh, the Dolphins game, that was on the defense. Uh, the Patriots game, special teams gave up two touchdowns uh, that week. And then finally the the game against the Giants, Trubisky was nursing that shoulder injury. He didn't even play. So he may not be the reason that we've won 11 games, but he's not the reason that we lost those four. So, you know, he's kind of been keeping his head down as far as being the reason that the Bears didn't win or lose. But he's also the one reason that people would say the Bears can't win the Super Bowl this year is because you can't trust which Trubisky is going to show up, at least not this year. Will it be the guy that lit up the the Buccaneers for six touchdowns and nearly 400 yards? Or will it be the guy that threw for 110 yards and three picks against the the L.A. Rams. Now, granted, the Bears won both of those games, but you can't throw for 110 yards and three interceptions in a playoff game and expect to win. No, no. And, yeah, that, that's going to be the story for the Bears because we know that defense is going to travel and that defense is going to continue to put the clamps on people. But you know, if, if Trubisky can't step up to the moment, it's going to be the same way for the Vikings with, the, with Cousins, who's kind of getting the reputation of not – uh, being able to get it done in the big games. I mean, we know both these teams play defense, and you know they're capable of doing great things. But uh, yeah, just like uh, we talk about defense in this league, but pretty much every team is, you know, how far can your quarterback take you? And we're going to see, uh, we're going to see that this weekend, I think. Yeah, and I'm looking forward to it, Chris. Thanks so much uh, for coming back on. I have a feeling we're going to be doing this again about a week from now. Uh, so uh, let's try and save some of that conversation for next week. All right. I certainly hope we're doing this next week. I hope you're not. Talking, <laughs> I hope you're not talking to someone from Philadelphia or Seattle or anything like that. Uh, yeah. I would. I would love for me to be back here next week. All right. Be, well, let's right let's, <laughs> let's count on that then. Getting uh, Chris Gates from the Daily Norseman back on next week to preview the wild card game. Uh, good luck on Sunday. I hope everybody comes out healthy so we got an even matchup uh, for next weekend. All right. Well, thanks for having me, Larry. I appreciate it like I always do. 
Thanks once again to Chris Gates for uh, coming on to the show. And uh, if things go his way, he'll be back on the show next week to help us preview the wild card round between the Bears and the Vikings. And, um, you know, as we talked about quite a bit there for in the conversation was um, the, 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 the what's going to be so interesting about this game is, is how it's played. And we might see all the fireworks as far as, you know, the teams trying to win the game early. You know, kind of like, uh, you know, me going back to my boxing references again, trying to get a knockout in the early rounds uh, kind of thing, trying to trying to get it over with uh, in, in, the, in the very beginning. Maybe we'll see some some bigger plays. Maybe the Bears will try to throw the football down the field to try to get on the scoreboard early or or something. Maybe we'll take some more chances with blitzes. I don't know. You know, I don't know how we're going to approach this game, because like I said at the top of the show and that we we mentioned during the conversation with with Chris is that uh, the NFL positioned itself so that basically everybody's going to have to play the game to win. You know, that's what the NFL wants. Uh, They were very strategic in what they did uh, on Sunday. They have all the games that have any kind of um, implications are the late games. You know, Philly and Washington. Philly's got to win in order to to get in and get some help from the Bears uh, uh, on that one. the Bears are playing at the same time as the as the Rams, so you know we can't really go off on on what they've already done and so on and so forth. We're we're gonna have to go out and just play the game like it's the only game being played uh, on Sunday. And I'm interested to see how that's going to be when the scoreboard watching starts to come into effect. If the Rams start, you know, get out to a big lead and, and pull away because their first matchup. Earlier this season, the Rams won 39 to 10. So they blew out the 49ers the first opportunity they had uh, against them. If it's a repeat performance, then, you know, how long, how deep into the game do the Bears go before they start sitting starters? How committed will they be to winning the game and, and keeping the Vikings out or, you know, whatever the objective is? If we're, we're going out there to win because you play to win the game, as Herm Edwards said so famously all those years ago, then, uh, you know, how deep do we go into it? Uh, you know, do we start sitting starters if we get into if we get to a big lead that we feel like we can hang on to so on and, and so forth. So it, it's really going to be interesting. So it's like trying to talk strategy and and, and what needs to be done. You, you kind of do that based on playing a full 60 minute game. But are we going to play a full 60 minute game on Sunday? Are we going to have to? You know, are the Rams going to come out and take care of business with the 49ers so it's not necessary for us to play the full 60 minutes because our fate has been decided no matter what. So whether we hang on to this lead that we have or if we're behind the Vikings at the time or or whatever, do we just concede and, you know, get ready for next Saturday or next Sunday? Or do we keep playing to try to win the game and keep the Vikings out so we can play the Eagles or whatever the strategy is? I mean, it's really difficult to sit here and talk about what the Bears need to do. Uh, on Sunday Um, basically what I would do is just come out and do what we've always done you know uh, you heard me mention it uh, to Chris uh, during the interview why the Bears are so vastly improved from this year to last year or from last year to this year I should say number one we're one of the healthiest teams in the NFL whereas the last several years we've led the league in injured reserve we have created more turnovers this year than the last couple of years combined so we're forcing the turnovers, giving the ball back to our offense. And third and, and most important, in my opinion, you know, aside from the injuries, of course, 
but we're not shooting ourselves in the foot constantly like we were time and time again uh, when when Fox uh, most when most recently when Fox was the was the coach. I mean, you guys remember that game that I bitched about for a whole year with the 49ers. We made six mistakes in that game. If we make one fewer mistake in the game, we win it in regulation. We never have to go uh, to overtime. Uh, you heard the examples I gave Chris. The, the first game against the Vikings last year, Mitch Trubisky's debut. We had a long pass to Trey McBride that would have gotten us at the very least into field goal range, was called back for like a lineman downfield or whatever the hell it was. We had a Jordan Howard touchdown run called back because of a holding penalty. That's at least 10 points that came off the board that would have played a huge factor in the game, could very well have won the game uh, for the Bears uh, in that. And then so many other examples you know, throughout the year Uh, Just in 2017 alone, where the Bears hurt themselves instead of helping uh, with their constant mistakes and miscues and shooting themselves in the foot and so on uh, and so forth. The Bears have cut down dramatically in that. And then the fourth thing that I didn't mention was how resilient we've been when we have made mistakes. You know, I mean, that the 49er game being being chief among them, that lateral fumble that Trubisky had when he pitched it to to Cohen and Cohen dropped the dropped the lateral and, and and so on and so forth we lose it the 49ers are in good field position and defense holds and it only becomes a field goal a few weeks ago when we're playing the Rams Mitch throws an interception on the very next play Kyle Long intercepts Jared Goff to give the ball right back erases that turnover uh, a, f- a few weeks before that on Sunday night football against the Vikings Tariq Cohen with a critical fumble in the football game the Bears defense shuts it down and it becomes nothing uh, for the Vikings and just how resilient the team has been to either recover quickly from mistakes or do what they can to erase them you know Mitch throwing three picks uh, against the the Rams on Sunday night football wasn't as big a story as the Bear defense forcing four picks out of Jared Goff and a safety uh, in that one that's the kind of team that we've been this year not only have we cut down dramatically on the way that we hurt ourselves we've been resilient in those moments in recovering from those mistakes and that's what's been so remarkable and why Matt Nagy should be the leading candidate if not the lone candidate for coach of the year uh, this year I mean that it's night and day not just in records but in everything else the team has done so many things that we couldn't do last year Uh, under John Fox and it's been remarkable and that's why you know here I was not a fan of the Nagy hiring when it happened didn't know much about him but he was definitely on the bottom of the list as far as the the ones that the Bears were going to interview and it turns out you know Ryan Pace was smarter than all of us man I mean he's definitely proven that time and time again this year with the moves uh, that he's made Nagy was the guy, he is the guy, and God willing, will be the guy for a long time. So, uh, you know, it, it's been amazing, the the differences between 2017 and, and 2018, which is why just about every single Bear fan on the planet is, is riding high on this team and excited about getting this postseason started to see uh, if, if everything that we've been seeing all year long, all the talk from the, from the talking heads on, on television, ESPN, NFL Network, and so on, uh, can it come true? Uh, will we be able to 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 ride the wave all the way to Atlanta? Wouldn't that be something? So, but um, but anyway, I mean, this we just need to go out there and and play our game. You know, even if we play the one that we played against the 49ers, just be efficient, move the football, move the chains, 
hang on to it, score just enough points to win. I mean, that's that's all we need to do. That's all we need to do. I mean, we only gave up nine points to the 49ers uh, last week, but obviously we're facing a much better offense than the one we faced in the uh, 49ers. I mean, last week it was Nick Mullins and Dante Pettis, and granted uh, George Kittle is, an, is a, a Pro Bowl uh, tight end, now we've got uh, Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs, and we got two good running backs coming out of the backfield in Murray and uh, Dalvin Cook. And Kirk Cousins is, you know, while he hasn't exactly proven himself to be worth $84 million guaranteed, he's a lot better than Nick Mullins. So, you know, the Bears need to be on top of their game if and when we're trying to win the game uh, on Sunday. So just be efficient, be smart, hang on to the ball, move the chains, score enough points to win that's really all i got so i'm just gonna sit back and wait for sunday at three o'clock to see how it all unfolds uh when do we pack it in uh for the game and get ready for wild card weekend will we need to will the 49ers do us a solid and and bury the rams and and give the bears a reason uh to uh to to keep playing and win the game against the vikings on sunday we'll see how it all unfolds until then my name is larry d and this has been the bears talk underground